0: This podcast includes information provided by the issuer and does not express the views of the interviewer. This podcast may also include forward-looking statements by the issuer that involve certain risks and uncertainties to its business. Because forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties, the issuer's actual results could differ from those indicated in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet MicroCap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K Kraft, That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you are listening to episode 76. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rcraft at com. And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the MicroCap message. For this episode of the Planet MicroCap podcast, I caught up with Chris Lahigi, president of LD Micro. Every year, the MicroCap investing universe gathers together during the first week of December in Los Angeles to check in with portfolio companies, look for new opportunities, as well as commemorate, celebrate, and network this year is chris's 11th annual ld micro Man event and i would consider the event an institution in our space we always look forward to each and every year and we will be there in person so be sure to say hi because we're close to the end of 2018 i also wanted to get chris's thoughts on 2018. trends he recognized highlights low lights and he even proposes some structural changes he thinks would incentivize more companies to go public a common topic discussed for those covering the microcap space. Thank you again for tuning in to episode seventy-six, and I would like to welcome back Chris Lahiji, President of LD Micro, to the program. Chris, welcome back to the Planet Microcap Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's great to have you on. So, uh, to start, for those who may not know, you know what? What is your background and and a little bit about LD Micro?
1: Background is that I have been involved in one way or another with in microcap since 1996, um, started out as an investor, then an analyst, and uh, I, my entire occupation essentially evolves around providing tools and, and becoming a good resource for people who are investing in the smallest public companies today.
0: So, so also, you know, again, for those who may not know, you know tell, what is LDmicro and ldmicro.com? You know, what, what can an investor expect when they go onto your website?
1: Uh, ldmicro.com uh, serves uh, several functions. One, it is the home to the LDmicro index, which is, in our eyes, the most accurate indicator of what all the microcap companies are doing as a whole composite. Uh, it's also a place where you can get data on all the biggest gainers, the biggest losers, the most active in volume, um, as well as sectors. And lastly, it's a place where you can do more research using our screener. Um, and it is, from our understanding, the only live news feed in the space. So when people ultimately go to uh they, you know, they'll, They'll check a few quotes, they'll look at the index, they'll uh take a look at the top top news of the day and slowly but surely uh it is uh, it is becoming more and more prevalent uh for for investors and analysts and bankers and anyone who is ultimately involved with, with small public companies.
0: So then, you know, as as someone who's uh, following the space on a daily basis, just like us, you know, in your opinion, you know, what, what do you what do you say has been uh, has been going on thus far in 2018 in the microcap space?
1: You know, it's I, I think that well, we have not at least from from our end seen as much interest in this category for for what feels like 10 or 11 years. And uh, you essentially have two things going on. you have You have a lot of companies that have been kind of aggressive in their expansions, and they're raising money either privately or uh, through pipes and things of that nature. Uh, and then you have uh, a large category of companies that have also said, "You know what? you know I, I think we've've we've, we've taken this as far as we could." Uh, we're looking to ultimately merge with another company, uh, get bought out, uh, or delist. So I think this interview that we're having today is, is relatively timely uh, because last week, at least for us, I mean, there's really, I don't know of any organization that basically kind of is is keeping data on this segment. So by default, we have to. But I can't remember any week in my life At least until 1996, were five companies, four of which we owned personally. uh, Five companies either merged or got bought out in a single week. So, so you kind of have, you know, very weird. You know, it's not a dichotomy, but it's just a very weird situation with companies that are looking to expand and then companies that are looking to get taken out. And for anyone who has spent any time on the website, right now we essentially follow twelve thousand microcaps in North America, um, and a very small subset of them are what we call active, or companies on the prowl. you know they're going to events, they're looking to get coverage, things of that nature. Um, we uh, There's a lot of dark space in this in this world. And what we've also found interesting is that companies that really haven't spoken to anyone in the last few years are now slowly kind of going on the grid, as we call it, and wanting to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's uh, net, net, it's been, it's been positive. Uh, but um, recently, uh, you know, the index is down for the year because of a pretty rough October. Um, and guys are trying to just find their footing, to how they're going to set up for nineteen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I mean, like, what what are you seeing as as what is kind of the plan for twenty nineteen? Because it's really it's such a weird, interesting, and you know, I don't want to say one way or another type of time in our space. Because you know, there's always an opportunity if you if you've seen these things before, but. You know, with all these mergers and, and acquisitions and, you know, all these different things happen. You know, it's, it's almost like the last week was a microcosm of what's been going on the whole year, you know?
1: I'm, what I, I have a very specific game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is essentially identifying things that are trading at 40 to 50 cents on the dollar that really haven't had a lot of news in the last year. And I'll give you two examples of this. Intersections, INTX, which was bought out for about 145% premium. That ran that the stock uh, had been down. You know, it opened up at 17 a few years ago, and it went all the way down to about a $1.30. And then something like Anuvo, where the stock had actual, absolutely been crushed. At one time, Anuvo was one of, our, one of my largest personal holdings. So you have this... My gut tells me that there are a lot of companies out there, like Aduvo, like Intersections, uh, that, that are just kind of looking for another recourse, given that they don't feel like anyone is going to value the company for what they're actually worth. Mm. Uh, and now is essentially a pretty auspicious time to sell the company, given the fact that there is just so much money chasing so many things. Mm-hmm. My logic is that um, there's so much money around, sloshing around that some of it is, is finally ending up in micro-cap, mm-hmm. which is why you're seeing as many buyouts and mergers and things of that nature. So this is something that is very difficult to gauge naturally, mm-hmm. uh, but... But I feel that there's enough companies out there that are on nobody's radar screens that would make wonderful acquisitions for certain uh, certain companies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our largest holdings right now that surprises a lot of people is Kodak. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Kodak, it was, uh, if you told me 20 years ago that I would own as much Kodak as I did, I would tell you that I'm either, you know, a billionaire investor, or Kodak is, you know, a, a relatively inexpensive company to own. And the average market cap, uh, the average at least purchase price that we made for Kodak was roughly $130 million, you know, for the entire business. And Kodak is probably one of the most, um, you know, uh, one of the companies that is just you know it, there's really no coverage uh everyone assumes that it's going to go bankrupt uh, no one feels that there's a business but if you look very carefully as to all the divisions that they own if you if you look at the earnings report they had on friday uh, if you if you kind of read the tea leaves and say look we're looking to sell this company uh, you know or sell divisions of this company they publicly announced this you could very quickly see that the sum of the parts for Kodak are worth much more than whatever the stock is trading at today. Mm -hmm. So if I can own a hundred Kodaks, I would, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they've kind of disclosed that they're looking to unlock value. The company is significantly undervalued relative to its assets. Uh, and they have their, they have their debt under control. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of you know that's kind of our focus. You know, it's like how many how many Kodaks can we find? Mm-hmm. Another name that I don't think gets really any love, uh, and I've been a longtime shareholder of it is a company called Dynatronics. The ticker symbol is D Y N T. Uh, and you know, for full disclosure, we own it uh, just like Kodak. And uh, you know, they they come to the event our our invitational in June. But Dynatronics, what makes this fascinating is that. Again, the some of the parts are worth much more than the whole, uh, and they're and they're creating shareholder value. There's a new management team there that is that is active in in kind of building a, a business, and the results are starting to showcase themselves. So you know, it's I would much rather be early to the train station than late.
0: So and and also just to, for full clarification, do you are you still currently a shareholder in Intersections INTX? and Innovo uh, INUV. Uh,
1: I am a shareholder of INUV. I am not a shareholder in INTX at this
0: moment. Got it. So, you know, another another thing that you've talked about on here a couple times and and we've we've brought up is this idea of, you know, new names coming into the space and you know, it being uh, more companies going public as a microcap. You know, I mean one thing I think a lot of people always thought with you know uh, change in the guard for on, on and cutting of the red tape that you know more of that might happen. You know, I'd love to hear your update on where you think you know uh, things are going on that front.
1: Uh, you know, it's still. I mean, there's a lot of very intelligent people doing good things to to create a uh, a much more vibrant community for microcap. But I think a lot of it is still. Um, you know, it's still kind of on hold, given how easy it is to raise com- the money as a private company. Mm-hmm. So as long as you kind of have that dynamic, mm-hmm. uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to see a lot of companies go public. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that on the regulatory side, it's still very strict. I mean, if they showcase some leniency, tax credits, things of that nature, there's still no real massive catalyst to get anyone to go public. So until that happens, I mean, there's there's companies going public again, which is nice. But for us to really have a halo effect, there still has to be structural changes that need to be made, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, the good news is there's been a few companies that have come public this year where, you know, they're fantastic stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be interesting to see which ones fully develop and which ones ultimately make money for shareholders. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey Chris, you know, just for you know, to, just to kind of brainstorm. Let's pretend, you know, you you had the ear of uh, some some Washington D.C. lawmakers. You know, what would be those structural uh, changes you'd like to see that you think would be would catalyze more companies going public as microcaps?
1: Of course, I'm biased. Of <laughs> course, but I would I would basically structure something where you need, you know, in this case, uh, just. Just less cost for going public. Just the entire process from accounting to auditing to legal to all that stuff. It should be it should be much easier, okay. And and the other thing that I would say, and I know this sounds crazy, of course, but I would give tax incentives to those companies who who uh, or tax credits to those companies who essentially are below a certain size that are public. And I think that this basically allows public, excuse me, this allows profitable companies that generate millions of dollars in revenue to have a new source or a new catalyst to go public because they will be paying less in taxes. Mm -hmm. But in tune, they will hopefully use some of that money or that savings to build even bigger companies. And then finally, which sounds really ridiculous, but there should be tax breaks for for small company investors as well. You know, if if you're willing to bet on the riskiest part of the market, I also feel that there should be a different tax rate for it. So in this case, you know, instead of thirty or thirty five or whatever the number is, you would only be paying ten to fifteen uh, if the companies that you made money are less than three hundred million, four hundred million, five hundred million, et cetera.
0: I, I think. I mean, th- sorry, th- I cut th- you off. You. I was going to say. I mean, that would. uh, Man, I can only imagine <laughs> if, that, if that were. To- well, you wanted,
1: you <laughs> wanted a big catalyst. This is as big as it that, gets. That, that is. Yeah. I mean, what, what is the what is the real cost? What is the real cost to the government for something like this? A couple billion dollars, but how much job creation would it have? How much investment would flow in? Mm-hmm. You know. They'll be making money on other, other. You know, it it sounds ridiculous, but it's it's just still a relatively small segment mm-hmm. of the market. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it, it's it's possible to do something niche. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, if I had any dream uh, dream position on this, I would I would definitely have cheaper for companies to go public, more tax credits or tax incentives for those who invest.
0: Also, I have to ask, you know, for twenty eighteen, you know, what's been? I mean, we all know that cannabis has been nuts, and you know, earlier in the year it was blockchain and and whatnot, you know. So, I'd love to reflect with you on that. You know, what what's what have you seen in terms of sectors that just were, you know, uh, that were interesting this year, not interesting, maybe didn't get as much love as they probably should have. You know, what what have you been seeing?
1: Well. The- segment that's absolutely been on fire has been med tech cancer testing diagnostic testing i mean look at uh, you know companies that basically uh do something they sell tools in these in this space look at BioLife solutions look at cryoport look at neogenomics Wait,
0: full disclosure do you own those what's that full disclosure do you do you own any of those names
1: uh cryoport we do not genomics we do not, and bio life, uh, we do uh, biolife, we do not at the moment. Okay.
0: Sorry so, I Yeah, that.
1: So I was, I was a shareholder, but we don't have any positions in these companies right now. I mean, just look at just I mean, just look at these charts over the last year or two. They've been on fire. So Medtech secretly, you know, very secretly has been, has been a segment that's done very well uh, in, in the microcap world. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. so you know now, now i want to segue into you know the, this is your big event of 2018 uh, not to say the invitation isn't a huge event because it, it is quite big and, and a really great event but you know the main event this is now your 11th year tell me what can we expect and look forward to for this year's uh conference
1: well the title is unfinished business uh we're looking at between 245 and 260 names um we we feel that it is the best best uh, assortment of companies we've ever had. Uh, we've had the blessing of being extra picky because over four hundred companies have already told us that they want to attend, and we don't really have the spots. So when when you have that luxury, you can kind of pick and choose who you want. Uh, and we've been very very fortunate to 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 do this again. So uh, I think the the. Uh, I'm just hoping that we get a chance to you know to, to have our conference without without fires or earthquakes or you know men eating locusts or whatever is probably out there on the horizon. Um, you know we're gonna have uh, look my our take is ninety percent plus people come back every year mm-hmm. so as long as you have that you want to you want to make sure that you know, you're doing everything you can where people are learning and having a great time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the key to uh, the success for any event. Just that, you know, can people learn? Can people, uh, you know, grow? Can people last? Uh, and if you can do those three things, uh, I, think you'd be, I think you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. The problem is no one could, could learn, grow, and last when there is basic when the when the hillside's on fire, mm-hmm. uh, you know that's uh, that was the the opposite emotion that we were looking for. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that this event sets investors and analysts and uh, sponsors this this event sets up better for 19 than any other conference mm-hmm. because it's kind of the last look at 18, and then what am i going to, what am i going to be buying or analyzing in 19 so wow. we're excited uh, uh but like with anything there's only so many things that we can control and uh, we try not to worry about the things that we can't
0: right and just to quickly mention you know when it comes to you know not just the fires from last year but also this year you know we we really are our, our thoughts and prayers you know I, if i can speak on behalf of you chris you know uh, go out to everybody that has been affected by the campfire and the Woolsey fire. And we just were very thankful for all to all of our firefighters, men and women in uniform that are out there helping everybody on the front lines. And Chris, if you want to say something as well to that, I'm, I'm sure you can. Yeah, sure
1: I mean, it's, it's a, what they're doing is a very thankless job. and This is a systemic issue for the state. Mm-hmm. And it's true that we haven't had rain in a long time, and it's true that California is naturally in uh, you know, an arid, a desert climate, um, but it, what we're seeing is unprecedented, and I don't think I don't think the media or television images do justice to the amount of carnage that these fires have caused. Uh, in terms of loss of life, in terms of properties being destroyed, in terms of you know how pervasive they are, mm-hmm. and what a negative impact it it has on the, the local and state community. I mean, these things will. The ramifications will be, uh, will uh, the ramifications will be there for years to come. So my take is, if anyone from the state government is listening to this, and they're probably not, they should double the size of Cal Fire, and they should figure out they should basically have a Manhattan Project for for tech companies to kind of figure out new ways of fighting this, because the antiquated ways. I mean, we don't have enough manpower. We don't even have enough water to fight this. There has, to be a, there has to be a big change, and I'm hoping that in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years' time, it's safer for the firefighters to combat this, and they're much more effective in, their, uh, in the way they, they, they pick on fires. Mm-hmm. So to say that, you know, we haven't been impacted, I mean, it was, it was the hardest decision we've ever made. Uh, but it was the right decision, and I'm glad we did it. Uh, but for a lot of people, they don't have that option because their house is gone. So, so I, you know, I commend them. We we donated last year to several uh, organizations that fight fires. We'll donate this year. They need all the help they can get. Absolutely.
0: And uh, and 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 yeah, no, that that's a really good sentiment. And and th- and and behalf of everybody, my audience, and everyone here, thank you for doing that. You know, and um, you know, we we hope to see a swift a swift end to everything very very shortly. Um, but, but then, it, but again, getting, getting back to, you know, our interview here when it comes to micro cap investing and our excitement for the main event, you know, I, I, I have one fun question that I, for you that I just, I haven't asked you in a while. And I, I think, you know, this will bring a little bit more, uh, a little bit of levity and, and, uh, you know, Chris, eh, what, what, can you name, give us maybe one, I, you're, you're famous for telling some great stories, you know, can, can you give us one uh, fun investing story that really helped shape your, your investing thesis over the years?
1: Uh, one fun story, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name or the company. It was a gold company, and it was probably the most famous presentation ever given at LD Micro. The guy had five slides. And the first three were the same one. Yeah. It basically started, we are a, it would have the company's name. Yeah. And it says, the first slide is, you know, that, that Reg a, Reg FD thing, that, you know, forward-looking statements. And then page two is, we are a profitable gold mine. <laughs> and then the other slide was, I repeat, profitable gold mine. <laughs> and then the last slide was like, we make money legitimately. And then finally, it's like, any questions? Yeah. For whatever reason, that presentation was by far and away the most discussed 25 minutes anyone has ever had. And what's crazy is he had questions for for the other 20-some-odd minutes. So, you know, I should know the name. I should know the executive. They're out of, I believe, out of Salt Lake City, Utah. But I thought that was one of the more memorable moments where you don't really have to say much to get a lot of attention mm-hmm. uh, if you say the right things. Right. So I think that... You know he touched he touched a nerve on people, and uh it was wonderful to see so uh, a positive nerve if you will
0: <laughs> by the way, I also have to ask you know in terms of uh I know you like to keep this a surprise sometimes, but do you have any panels or, or speakers or special keynotes coming in well, listen,
1: we're, you, know, uh, you know we're we're honored that people typically copy all our panels for the rest of the year so if they we we basically have set up panels and keynotes this year that if you copy then you're nuts. So just just there's one panel in particular that I'm not going to be discussing. It's actually on the agenda on lvmicro.com for the main event, but I think that may be the most controversial panel anyone has ever done in this business. So so it's again it's kind of kind of pushing the envelope. It's you know I love I love our keynotes this year. Uh, you know uh, again I can't really I can't really talk about it because I always keep it keep it private. But that's, that's part of the fun of coming. You really don't know who to expect.
0: Right. All right, Chris. So then for more information on LD Micro and to, to register, I, registration is still open, correct? Yeah, um,
1: registration, is, you have to essentially ping us on the website
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and give us a good reason that, that we should consider you for admission. Mm-hmm. Um, just like most colleges in this country, the acceptance rate has gone down over the years because, we only have a finite amount of space at the Lux Sunset, so you know it's the, the the thing is how can you how do you enhance the the community that we have or the community we've built? We're really kind of focusing on that, you know. If a guy basically comes to us and says, "I have a lot of money and I make a lot of investments," there's a high probability that it, those are the only two things he's probably not getting in. So maybe other conferences, but not here. We have to kind of feel that you know, every edition enhances the community so much more than just one person.
0: Right. And that's and everybody should go to ldmicro.com?
1: Yes, ldmicro.com is still the site. Uh, until LDmicro, these fast-growing uh, Singaporean tech company, buys us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we're fortunate to have that domain name. I actually tried to buy ld.com, mm-hmm. but the dude wanted seven figures, and I don't have seven figures to pay on a to pay a domain name so you know, you're going to you're going to still have to type that ld micro i know it's an extra second but i think it's worth it
0: well chris man th- thanks again for joining me today i'm very excited for the main event and uh, as always uh, really really do appreciate you sharing your thoughts my
1: pleasure and, and thank you again and i appreciate everyone listening in to today thank you
0: thank you all for tuning in to the planet microcap podcast and thank you chris again for coming on to the program you can access the podcast by going on to stocknewsnow.com under podcast, go to podbean.com and search Planet Microcap Podcast, or on iTunes and search Planet Microcap Podcast. Stay tuned for the next Planet Microcap Podcast, where we'll have our next guest to discuss all things microcap. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, please send an email to info at snnwire.com. I'd love to hear from all of you. This podcast has been brought to you by SNN Incorporated, publishers of stocknewsnow.com, the official microcap news source, and the microcap review magazine. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you again for joining me on the Planet Microcap Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.